This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, Pet Life Radio fans. Welcome to Cat Boss and Friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, the original Cat Boss, Trish Seifred. And I'm joined today by my friend, Allie Beckety. What's up, Allie? Thanks for co-hosting today's episode. Hey, Trish. Happy to be back. Awesome. Happy to have you. So, folks, in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about how to set up your training session for success. From the beginning to end, we're going to discuss how to get the most out of your sessions and help your cat enjoy their time training. So sit and stay. We'll be right back after this message. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us, Cat Blesses. In the last episode, you learned how to find what motivates your cat and how those things can be used in your training sessions. And this week, we're going to dive right into our list, our top five ways to build a successful training session. So this is going to be a great, great episode. So let's jump into the number one thing on our list. And that is location, location, location. You sound like a realtor. (laughs) (laughs) I do, but it's true. Location, you know, finding the best place to train is paramount. So we're going to discuss where you should be training your cat and how you can set up a space help you and your cat be super productive while training. So let's talk about the first thing. I think it's really important to find a space that's nice and quiet because that's going to make your cat feel less stressed and then it's going to help them focus on you. So oftentimes when we're training our cats, either at the cat boss studio or you know, if we're working on set at a new location, if it's a studio or even a home location, we're playing music during our print shoots on set while we're training our animals. And all that's going to do is help drown out some of the distractions, like people walking around. Sometimes they're working on their laptops while we're working on set. You know, people, crew members are moving lights around to set up for the next scene. So that's really important. So it kind of drowns out a little bit of the white noise that your cat might focus on. We even have a cat boss playlist on Spotify. (laughs) Yes, we do. Good point. I love it. Allie started that one. I love it, love it, love it. So, okay, so quiet place. A quiet place is going to help provide a low distraction environment for you and your cat. You know, find an area of your house that isn't too distracting. You're going to want to put other animals up. A lot of people ask me, can you train multiple cats at once? Yeah, you can. But if you're just starting your training journey, you want to just start with your one cat 
get some experience with that. And then you can build on that. Just bring other cats. <laughs> That's totally fine. You guys can work on places while you're working on an action with the other cat. You can definitely do that. Um, but start slow. Start with one cat first. Um, so when you're getting ready to train, let your family know you're busy. Put your phone on silent. Turn the TV off. It's important that if we are asking our animals to engage and stay focused on us, then definitely show them the same respect. So low distraction is definitely key. So in the next attribute of a space, find one that's not too big. So your cat might feel overwhelmed. They might get distracted easily or go check out on you. So cat's vision is much different than ours. And sometimes when a space is a little bit too big, they can be sensitive about objects moving towards them. I often control their visual standpoint so that they don't get scared of something moving towards them. Cats have a very small range of middle vision and they see things you know, best no more than 20 feet away. And they just don't have the same muscles to see objects closely like we do. And instead, they use their whiskers to gather information. So here's a tip. If you're using a toy, don't put it right in front of their noses. Instead of think of moving around like a bird or a mouse. So that can definitely help. Kind of put that things in your cat's perspective too. So having a smaller space can even help your cat be successful in the beginning stages of your training journey. If you only have a bigger room, you can try using things like leashes or harness to limit their space. So that can be helpful. You could always also use like on Facebook Marketplace, you could always try finding like a cheap X pen or something like that too, to create a smaller quote unquote room within your larger space as well. Yeah, that's true. I love it. Thank you for that point. But ultimately, if you can create that specific place for training, that's awesome because what that's going to teach your cat is that, hey, we're going into that area and it's time for training. It's going to help your cat predict when you will be training. It's going to improve engagement. And that's going to help make sure that you have all your supplies in one place. So let me give you an example really quick. Allie and I just did this job for Tidy Cats. Oh, yeah. This was a fun job. A little messy, <laughs> but fun. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, it was a litter job. And we had to train the cats to both dig in the litter pan and then recall in and out of the litter pan. So we used a couple of different litter pans to distinguish which behavior they would be doing in which location. So what we did was we found out, okay, these behaviors are going to be filmed in the laundry room, in the hallway, in the living room. So what we did is we taught each cat to dig in the litter with a specific litter pan and the laundry room. And then we taught the other behavior for the cats to work on recall in the living room so that that way the cats could understand that they were working with this particular litter box in this particular room. That way, when we, when we moved to the home location that we were actually filming in, it wasn't that much different. So the key is to set up the scene as close as you can so that the cats can associate the behavior with the environment. And that's super, super important. Yeah, I agree, Trish. Being able to help our animals the best we can and set them up for success is always great. And even simple things like where we train is really important. So speaking of training at CatBus headquarters, or as it's now, as of last week, called Kitty Cat Disney. So appropriate, Kitty Disneyland. <laughs> Absolutely. No mice in this house, though. <laughs> but being able to spread out like we can at Cat Boss headquarters is great. But what about like for me, I live in a small apartment, so I have to get creative with where I'm training because I don't have a house with multiple different rooms and stuff, which is, you know, fantastic, but not always possible for people. But I have been living in an apartment with my animals for as long as I've had them. And one of my favorite areas to train is either the living room or the kitchen because those tend to be more open 
as well as having the most light in the places I've lived, which I like having more light because I like being able to see what my animals are doing. But I also usually will set up my bedroom in a way that allows for training where the, the middle of the room is open because it's the one space I know I can go to and I'm not going to have a ton of distractions and I'm not going to have other family wanting to use the space or anything like that. So I tend to put all of my, my bed and all my furniture up against the walls and limit anything that I don't really need so that I know I at least have a little bit of space. I'll also use like my bed or other spaces as elevated surfaces to help with training and give myself more space when my floor space is limited. So it's all about getting creative and using your space wisely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, things like the elevated surface, like the bed or the couch and all of that stuff, working your animal off the floor is going to, you know, engagement is going to help to build their confidence level. So that's a really good tool to have when you're thinking about your space. So now that you guys have an idea of what to look for in a training space, what should you have ready for each session? So let's jump right into number two on our list, and that is supplies. So what are the things that you need to set your training session up for success? Allie, want to take this one? Yes, I do. So I think the most obvious supply that most of us think of when we think about training is treats or toys, whatever we can use to help motivate our animal while training. If you don't know what your cat's favorite treat is, or they currently aren't food motivated, we have an, ep- an episode all about that called Find Your Cat's Motivation, where we talk exactly about that, how to find what motivates your cat, and as well as helping build your cat's motivation for food and stuff like that. Yeah, that was episode four. It was super, super fun. Finding your cat's motivation. Yes. We also talk about some of our personal favorite treats to help give you some ideas of what to try. So once you have your cat's favorite treats and you know what they like and want to work for, make sure that you grab enough for your training session. And I usually recommend grabbing even more because I always feel like I run out way too quickly. Uh, You also want to make sure that you have enough for a jackpot if your cat does something super spectacular or just for at the end to tell them, good job, buddy. (laughs) And make sure you grab a variety of treats. When I set up my treat pouch for a training session, I take my treat pouch. My animal will work for kibble pretty reliably. They're they're easy to please, which is nice. Uh, so I grab a little bit of their their dry food, their kibble. I'll grab two to three different bags, small bags of treats, and I'll pour a little from each into my pouch and then I shake it all up and then we start training. So I have a mix of low value food as well as high value foods so that they're super motivated and they never know what they're getting, which makes them sit like the edge of their seat and are like, ooh, what am I going to get next? <laughs> so along with tools for motivation, we need something to tell them what they did right. We have our treats and toys to reward them and tell them that they're doing the right thing. But we also need something to tell them what they did to earn what they their motivation or reward. One of our main ways of doing this is with a tool called a clicker. If you don't know what a clicker is, it's just this little tiny noisemaker box. Yes, exactly. It's just that. And it makes a sound. And you can find them at pretty much anywhere that sells dog training related things. They're usually in the dog training section. I know they got to get it together and get them in the cat section too. But (laughs) as of right now, you usually find them in the dog training section. But if you don't have one yet or you don't feel comfortable using one or you've lost yours, which you will. 
Yes, all the time. I recommend if you haven't bought some yet, or if even if you have, buy some more <laughs> and stick them everywhere. I have them like all of my bags. <laughs> but you can use a verbal sound or a word in the same way that we use a clicker to associate and tell your cat, hey, you did the right thing. Now you're getting a reward. I actually have a blog just about this. It's called Charging a Marker on our website, catbosstv.com. And you can learn start to finish the entire process of teaching a marker, uh, including clicker and verbal markers. So definitely check that out before you get training so that you can help set your cat and get them ready to go. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. And some behaviors need more than a clicker and treat. So too, if you're working on some tricks that require additional props like a hula hoop or a stick to jump over or an ottoman or a mark or things like that, you know, it's important that you have a loose plan before you start. Make sure that you have all those items in the room where you're going to be training so that you don't have to leave your session to go get that. There's nothing that can frustrate your cat more than leaving in the middle of a session because it's going to ruin their motivation. So if you need to grab something, definitely end your session and then come back when you're ready and let your cat have a break and collect yourself and do what you need to do. Yeah. And speaking of planning sessions, which is something I'm horrible at, half the time I go to start a session and I stand there looking at my dog and I go, okay, <laughs> what do you know? What do you need to learn? Can I train you? <laughs> my mind just goes completely blank and I haven't got a clue what I'm doing, which often leads to me just sitting down and us not having a session or just sessions that aren't very good and that I'm not very happy with. I'm definitely someone that does better if I know what I'm training for. I think that's for. kind of everyone though too. Like you get so eager to get into training. You're like, wait, what are we working on today? Oh yeah. I wish my animals could talk to me and be like, this is what we've been working on. That would be super helpful. <laughs> but something that has helped me is Trish got me this whiteboard calendar thing for my birthday in September and it has helped me so much. It has space for me to write down everything we're currently working on, everything we need to work on, as well as space for quick little notes about what we worked on during that day, which is super helpful because when I go to start my next session, I can take a look at my board and go, okay, these are the things we need to be working on. This is what we worked on before. And I can just pick two or three things or maybe just one thing, depending on what I need to work on. And I'm ready to go. I don't need to sit there and spend 10 minutes trying to wrap my brain around what we need to work on, which is so helpful. But folks, don't let Allie fool you because literally she's being modest right now. Her dogs know hundreds and hundreds of tricks. So that's why she can't think of anything that they need to learn because they know it all. <laughs> so definitely, I'm glad to hear that the whiteboard's helping you and it's even color coded. So that makes it better. But yeah, grab a training tool like that. You can write things down, use a whiteboard so it's right in front of you and just plan out what you want your animal to know. But and also, if you guys happen to be using our Catboss TV app for training, you can find everything you need in there for the specific trick in the supply list. We have everything broken down to teach each trick individually with links to the items if you don't already have them. If you're using a prop, if you need a mark, if you need a clicker, all that stuff is right there. So folks, when we come back after this break, we're going to discuss the last three ways to set your training session up for success. Be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. 
The cat tree tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com. Welcome back, cat bosses. As a reminder, we're talking about our top five ways to build a successful training session, with number three being next on our list. So now that you know where to train, what to have for training, we're going to talk about when to train. And first, it's important to take time and make time to train. Don't just start something, you know, if you have a few seconds, if you're wanting to work on a trick that requires a lot more time to dedicate to it, you can break it down into small steps if you only have a few minutes. So work on one of those smaller steps before you just dive right into the whole trick. So definitely make sure that you have the time before you start a session because there's nothing worse than stopping a session at a weird time because you have an important meeting to get to. Because if you can leave your cat feeling like they weren't finished or the session was truly done, it can really ruin a session for your cat. You abruptly leave. Why can't they abruptly leave? You often see like, you know, your cat's if they're walking away, you're like, hey, where are you going? We're not done yet. But you guys need to be a team. So definitely finding a good way to end on a solid good note for each session. So that's something definitely to keep in mind. Yeah, totally. And knowing how much time you have to train and avoiding getting interrupted in the middle of your session. <clears throat> Family members who have an uncanny ability to always ask for something right as I'm starting a session, talking about you, <laughs> are just as important to being in the right mind frame for your training. Taking time before you start to evaluate how you're feeling is super important and it can really make or break a session sometimes. Yeah, I think without fail, someone always calls me right as I'm about to train, which is super frustrating. My mom lives across the street from me, so it's bound to happen. But that being said, you know, animals read our emotions, but they don't understand why we're upset about something. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with being not in the mood to train. You know, take some time, get in a better mindset, try taking your cat for a walk, play with your cat, read a book, watch a movie. But your cat just wants to spend time with you. So if you need a breather, take a breather. Don't start training when you're not in the mood. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of my favorite ways when I'm feeling frustrated with something, my favorite way to decompress is to just go outside and take a walk, especially on a nice day. I love some fall weather. This is my time of year. <laughs> and just frustrated or upset about something. And I noticed that my animal is also starting to get upset because of my emotions. I will make sure to act as well to help them not feed into it. I don't want me being upset to lead to them being upset for yeah. no reason. Allie, tell them what doctor did on your camping trip a couple of years ago when you discovered what? Yes. Yeah. So morning of my camping trip, we were like seven hours away from home. Morning of, we had, you know, gotten late the night before and we had put doctor in our car and the kennel in the car while we went to, you know, get ready for the morning and stuff. And I come back to find that he had eaten all of his food for the week. And that's just not food that you would find anywhere in the middle of nowhere camping. 
No. Not a boutique pet store to be found, folks. Yeah, no, nothing. Uh, so we we spent the rest of that day looking for food. Uh, thankfully, found it. Just spent way more than I wanted to. But <laughs> yeah, I was I was so upset. Which I mean, why wouldn't you be? He ate all of his food. Thankfully, my mom came out and. I told her what happened and she is definitely in those situations tends to be more calm. And uh, she she walks back into the like clubhouse area of the camping site and she comes back with a with a cup of coffee and she goes, here's this coffee. Go take him for a walk. Like very specifically, she was like, take him for a walk. And I did. And the weather was just so nice. There was no one out yet. The coffee was good. I played some music on my phone and it just it ended up being one of the best parts of the entire trip for me. Just being able to have that time with him in the nice weather and just it was calm and relaxing and just there's nothing better than watching your animal enjoy themselves. We're in the woods or kind of woodsy area so there's lots of things for the little terrier hound thing to smell and he just enjoyed himself and therefore i enjoyed myself and all that's to say it it's okay to be upset with your animal they're animals they're gonna do dumb things sometimes and that's just a part of owning them but at the end of the day they love us we love them we wouldn't own them if we didn't and just make sure you enjoy the process the ups the downs and everything in between yeah, and I'd say it's equally important, like you were saying, to base your session on your cat's move. So, like, pay attention to your cat. You know your cat best. So, what are their habits? What are their routines? How is your cat feeling? You know, pay attention to that before you decide to get into training. Absolutely. Making sure that you're aware of how your cat is feeling before you jump into a session. Plan your plan your sessions around how your cat is feeling. So if your cat is sleepy and relaxed, pick behaviors like sit or down where they need to be more relaxed anyways and train those. Or if your cat is energetic and bursting at the seams, ready to do something, work on things that are going to use more energy like jumping through a hoop, leg weaves, jumping over your arms, etc. Yeah, I personally like, that's a good point, because I personally like to play with wand toys to tire my cats out before working on a behavior like down. Because when they're naturally tired, getting them to go down is much easier than, you know, after a good play session than just trying it with, you know, strict food motivation. Because you're working on their prey drive, you're teaching them to hunt, you're burning calories while you're doing that. And then increasing their food drive. So then they'll be a little bit tired. They're still hungry. So they're going to fall right over when you ask them for a down. So it's a perfect way to achieve that behavior. But, you know, pay attention to things like, is your cat hungry? Your cat isn't hungry. It's probably not the best time to train. Or is your cat too tired to train? You don't ever want to force your cat to train if they don't want to. So, you know what they say, just let lion cats be, right? Yeah, let them be. Don't poke the bear. Yeah, don't poke the bear. But, you know, in other times, just like humans, some cats need to get out their wiggles before they can use their brain to focus on training. So it's best to spend some time burning some of that energy off before you even start a session. So just don't make sure you tire them out so much that they no longer want to train. Okay. If you're just tuning in, we've touched on best location to train, preparing your supplies for training. When is the best time to train? Yeah, ending on a bad note can definitely you know, not only discourage you and your cat, it's just, it's best to not end on a bad note. So if your cat gets frustrated or bored or tired, you know, you always want to end on a good note. So ending the session when your cat still wants to work for you, you know, it encourages them to come back for your next session. So if you're struggling to consistently end on a good note, 
evaluate your session and make sure that you're setting fair and clear criteria, setting them up for success. Because there's nothing worse than ending on a bad note when there's frustration on your cat's end. If there's frustration, you can ask for a simple behavior like sit or down or high five. And if they're too stressed for that, you know, ask for something that you know is going to get a good reaction. Play with them, pet them, enjoy it, but make it a positive experience for you and your cat. But here are some signs that you might want to watch out for that may give you an indication that your cat is getting frustrated. Okay, so look for things like walking away. Sometimes they walk away to process what you're asking. Your criteria is too high. They might walk away and then come back. If they're circling and coming back, they're thinking about it. If they're unfocused, if your criteria is too high, they might try to rub on you or other surfaces in the environment to reward themselves because you're not rewarding them quick enough. Look for things like swatting, refusing food, or even refusing to play with toys. So those are some signs that you can look for if your cat is getting frustrated or your criteria is too high and then you're not rewarding fast enough. So... Speaking of finding a point to end this discussion on a good note. Okay, guys, our final tip for today is always be training because whether you know it or not, you are always training. Regardless of how you are feeling, how much time you have or how your cat is feeling either, your cat is always taking in what's happening around them. So make sure that you are always rewarding what you want your cat to repeat and not rewarding what you don't like. So if your cat is offering something that you like, reward them. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter if you're currently doing a training session. If you're sitting on your couch and you see your cat doing something good, get up and reward them. (laughs) You want to make sure that your cat understands you're doing something good. I want you to keep doing it. And if your cat's doing something you don't like, don't feed into it. Don't tell them that they are doing a good job. Even negative attention can be rewarding to them. And if your cat is feeling like negative attention is better than nothing, maybe take a look at how your cat is feeling and find a way to help them give them more attention somewhere else that's appropriate. Yeah, that's true because you could do something like look at them that's rewarding. You could pet them by accident when they're doing something inappropriately. There's ways that you can actually reinforce a bad behavior that you don't want to capture at all by just the little things that you do. So definitely pay attention to how you're interacting with your cat and what time you're interacting with your cat and what they're doing at that time. But yeah, so like even with vet trips, they pick up our energy when we're getting ready to go to the vet. So we definitely just don't want to give those vibes off. If we're nervous, you can teach your cat, you know, to be nervous too. If they're going to run away from you and hide while they're getting ready to go to vet because they're picking up on your emotions and watching what you do, you know, that's not a good way to set yourself up for success in a successful vet trip. You can do things like setting their kennel out in advance to feed them their meals in a few days prior so that you can achieve a successful beginning (laughs) to go to the vet. But another way, you know, you can be prepared to capture behavior is just setting cookie jars out. Cat cookies, not human cookies, but set some different cookie jars around your house so that whenever your cat is offering good behaviors, you can reach in, grab a treat, and then reward your cat. Because training is definitely about quality. It's not about quantity. It's better to have a really great one-minute session than a 10-minute mediocre session. So if you have five seconds before you head out the door, ask your cat for a quick high five, ask him for a sit and make those five seconds into a little mini session and get your day started off great with your cat because the sessions don't need to be long. Even a couple seconds can make for a meaningful session. So incorporate training into your daily life and routine and always be training. 
You are training for the unknown. You're training to prepare for the future. And it's our job to set them up for success regardless of what life throws their way. Okay, folks. So if you have any questions about this week's episode, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on CatBossTV.com, on Facebook at CatBossTV, and on Instagram at CatBoss.TV. Well, folks, we're about out of time. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'd like to thank our producer, Mark Winter, for making this show possible. Chat with you on the next episode of CatBoss and Friends. High five, CatBosses. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.